Крутые парни по всей стране, кто связан дружбой с ВДВ, такое братство, надежный щит, никто Россию не победит. ВДВ, с неба привет, ультрамариновый набогерет, тельник с волной и море погон, с неба навеки десант обручен. ВДВ, сколько побед, из парашютов белый букет. Радугой мирный порядку пола, Слава десанту, честь и хвала. В центральном парке салют в Москве мечтают парни, а ВТВ любым оружием владеть легко. С нами победы главнее всего. ВТВ с неба привет, ультрамариновый набогерет. Тельник с волной и море погон, с неба навеки десант обручен. ВТВ сколько побед из парашютов белый букет. Радугой мирный порядку пола, слава десанту, честь и хвала. Честь и хвала. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Happy, what is it, Tuesday night, Wednesday for all of you peasants that are not signed up on patreon.com slash burning daylight. Even if you're a paid uh, subscriber on uh, Spotify, you still don't get the live stream. Um, I don't know how to do that on Spotify. Uh, I don't know if they allow it. Um, anyway, so I go, I do, do it on Patreon. Only live streaming we do is on Patreon nowadays. So if you, want, if you watch it on YouTube, that's fine. That's fine. But you'd be better off, uh, you know, subscribing and do, and do, doing it that way. So, anyway, uh, Aaron uh, told me his kid was sick, which means his um, manufactured vagina uh, needs healing <coughs> of some sort. Um, Aaron is trans. Uh, it, it's a... Uh, it's his lived experience slash scientific fact. And, um, so we just got to respect that because, um, just like Aaron, Jesus was trans, uh, because 
<clears throat> he got stabbed in the side, and that stab wound looked like a, you know, it's like a neat little vagina. Uh, <clears throat> I, I need I need some NFL receiver gloves that say Jesus was trans now. Um, if anybody wants to make me a pair, I'll I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll I'll do something with them. I don't know what, but I'll do something. Oh man, I really wish uh, Aaron's trans vagina was um, was better uh, because there there's a lot of shit going on that uh, and most of it I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold off. But there there is some stuff. Um, particular to me uh on this twitter files deal that uh that is really ah it's something it's something else and i'm not even sure exactly how to feel about it uh but i guess first things first uh had some really big news this so recording this uh tuesday december 6th um where less and 20 days till Christmas, and I haven't done a damn bit of shopping. Um, but anyway, we are we're here for the results of the Georgia Senate runoff election, featuring one Herschel Walker versus uh, Raphael Warnock. Um, this is NBC News with 99% of expected votes uh, in. Disclaimer. I have no fucking clue. No clue. If this is accurate. Um, don't, don't know. Um, it's the world we live in. Where And we're, we're getting into it here later. But um, can you trust the news? I don't. They've been wrong way too many times. <clears throat> I trust Ron Paul. He's been right on just about everything. Um, I trust guys like, uh, for for the most part, um, Ron Paul, uh, Matt Taibbi, Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, <clears throat> um, Rogan for the most part. I trust that guy. I don't agree with him on everything, but I trust that guy. Um Crystal Ball and Sagar and Jetty from Breaking Points. Um, I don't agree with them on much of anything, uh, but I like their show, and uh, and I for the most part I trust them. Like, um, I think Rogan said it best. Like, I don't have to agree with them. I just know that they're not lying to me. They're not feeding me bullshit. What what they think might be bullshit. So I don't know. Um, but I, I don't, they're not intentionally lying to me. <clears throat> uh, unlike people, well, who is this? This is NBC News. Uh, NBC News, who um, still, I believe, uh, has Brian Williams employed there, who has lied on camera about a multitude of things. Um, pro probably the most egregious is uh, he pulled a Hillary Clinton, talked about, getting shot at by snipers in a war zone when that never fucking happened. Uh, that's a good, <coughs> be a good time for, for that shirt that me and Tuffy talked about. Just no, you fucking can't except be, you know, no, you fucking didn't. Same thing. Same fucking thing. Um, anyway, so 
According to NBC News and a couple other sites that I uh, I looked at, all are pretty much the same way. Ninety nine percent of the vote uh, in with like eleven thousand uh, eleven thousand three hundred fifty six to go. Yeah, it looks like uh, Warnock's up about a hundred, or not quite a hundred thousand. So, fifty-one point three to forty-eight point seven, being a true runoff. I mean, there, there's no other outstanding votes. There is uh, two candidates to to vote for, and the, and nothing else. Uh, that's uh, I kind of like how Georgia does theirs. I don't like that it's drawn out, but if you don't get a clear majority, meaning fifty percent plus one vote um it, it goes to a uh a runoff <clears throat> and I, I don't hate that um i you know this this is one thing that i i've i've started to come around to um like i'm at the point where i don't I don't trust anything we got going on from the government. I don't trust much of anything coming, uh, coming out of the media. <coughs> and like, I'm not a big fan of democracy. Um, that being said, I'd rather have a say than not. So it's, uh, Yeah. I would say at least that having a vote is better than not than rather than just being told, you know, at, at the force of a gun. So while I'm not, I'm, I, I think, uh, democracy for the most part is a tyranny of the, of the majority. Um, it's at least, at least you do have somewhat of a say, I, I guess that that's, that's so, <clears throat> That being said, like I'm, I'm not opposed to this. Like uh, you'll hear a lot of Republicans uh, bitch about this runoff deal. Um, probably, probably not so so much. Um, and if they do, it, it's from it'll be from people outside of Georgia because this has been a thing in Georgia forever. Um, it just it gets more attention now because um, things are polarized and uh, Donald Trump. Um, can't not bitch about an election that he lost. So, any election, and you can you can look back at all of them, all of the like all of the primary uh, states that he lost. He he called shenanigans, <clears throat> and every state that he won, every, every election that he won. He talked about it being the greatest election ever, um, you know, overcoming even the frauds. Um, but as soon as he loses, it's all it's shenanigans, shenanigans immediately. And <laughs> it's um, well, may, maybe we're maybe we're being too harsh on uh, on the Don. Um, it's possible. Um, that, that we are, but we'll, we'll see what, what Donald has, has to say. Um, well, I, I don't know what he has to say about, about Herschel. Um, I tried to just pull up his, uh, 
Truth Social feed here on my computer, but it wouldn't let me log in. Kind of like the NFR, you motherfuckers. Uh, Cowboy Channel is uh, like really letting me down. I don't know what what it works in my house uh, on the TV, but I try to put it on the computer here and can't get it to fucking work. I don't know. So uh, much like uh, Truth Social, I can get it on my phone, but I can't seem to get it uh, on my computer. I don't know what the fuck. Um, but anyway, this was, uh, Donald Trump here just the other day. This is, um, from his true social account. <coughs> it says, uh, the fake news is actually trying to convince the American people that I want to terminate the constitution. It's simply more disinformation and lies, just like the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. And let's see, I think maybe I can. Make this bigger for you guys so, so you can read it better than. Mm. Let's see. There we go. Better? Yeah, it's a little better. Um, all right. So the fake news is actually trying to convince American people that I said I wanted to terminate the Constitution. This is simply more disinformation and lies just like Russia, Russia, Russia and all of their other hoaxes and scams. What I said uh, was that when there is massive and widespread fraud and deception as has been irrefutably proven in the 2020 presidential election. No. No, there hasn't. Um, steps must be immediately taken to right the wrong. Only fools would agree with that and accept stolen elections. MAGA. All right. So that, that's Donald Trump's uh, statement from yesterday, I believe. But the, the reason that was posted, um, and I'm going to pull up Keith Olbermann. I don't know if if uh, if any of you younger fellas uh well shit you'd have to been my age or a little bit older i think to to really appreciate keith elberman uh on espn when he was back when he was just like a fiery uh sports analyst but now he's he's just like your your standard like uh, screeching Democrat drone on, on Twitter where they're just like, blah, Trump bad, blah, Republican racist, blah, Democrat whatever, so good and virtuous and blah, Republicans bad. Um, so anyway, he, uh, he does make a good point initially uh the reaction is also is like equally is all right so anyway donald trump this was uh on when when when, when were the twitter files released i believe it was friday yeah it was friday so with the relevation of massive massive and widespread fraud and deception 
And so when I'm on, when I speak louder and more ridiculous, that's when they're in for everybody just on audio. That's when he capitalizes everything like boomers tend to do. Um, massive, widespread fraud and deception. In working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party do. Uh, all right. So with the revelation of massive widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw out the presidential election results of 20? Do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders. He, uh, founders is in quotes. Founders. Did not want uh, and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. I think the false and fraudulent elections would be capitalized in in all caps but no that one's not rightful winner new election <clears throat> out you know you know in reference to throwing the presidential election results of 2020 out all capitalized um massive and widespread fraud and deception it's all caps <clears throat> and um yeah, but the the main the main part here that really um, is important is a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Um, but I, I gotta say that's, I mean, it's not it's not anti-Republican. Um, Abraham Lincoln, who was the first Republican president um, ever, you know, he was he was head of the Republican Party, first first uh, Republican president. Uh, he suspended habeas corpus, which you know is like the right to uh, due process, the the right to a trial by jury. You know that that whole thing, the kind of that what our our legal system is based upon. Um, the you know, innocent, you're assumed innocent until proven guilty. You know, burden of proof is upon the state rather than the individual. That that whole whole thing. Um Yeah, so I mean it's he's not out of line with the Republican Party. Uh first Republican president uh ever went ahead and like suspended habeas corpus and declared war on half of the country of his own country um, when they said, we don't want to be part of this country anymore. Um, so anyway, like I said, not, not really out of line. Um, but <sighs> nothing that Donald Trump has tried to prove uh, on this election fraud deal has come to fruition. Now, now we release the Twitter files, and we'll 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 go ahead and get in on this because there was a there was an update today. Um, so Elon Musk has kind of handed over the ring, 
importance uh, of this Twitter files release to two independent journalists. Uh, one used to write for uh, for Rolling Stone. The other one used to write for the New York Times. Both um, <coughs> are, I would say, left of center leaning. Um, like they're, I would say they were both uh, very wise uh, from being formerly of the New York Times now, just, I believe, uh, makes her living through Substack. Uh, same as Matt Taibbi. Uh, they're, they're both uh, the type of people that I would say, like, are fans of, like, universal healthcare coverage and um, kind of some of your, like, pro-union, your standard, like, kind of left wing like left like i said not not really full socialist but like more socialist leaning than um and not even not even so much socialist but uh, yeah kind of socialist and and as opposed to like your your standard conservative or or uh, i don't know either way i i'd say they're both kind of kind of left to center but they're not far left and the big thing is that they're not employed by one of the big media outlets. <clears throat> they're, they're not like one of the legacy. You know, Barry Weiss used to be with the New York Times. That's kind of what gives her come some sort of, I guess, street cred. But now she's, she's on her own. Uh, Matt Taibbi was with, uh, with Rolling Stone magazine. And I, I don't know if he what else he's he's done or like who he's worked for but he, he's I he's got a couple of books and and really just a good solid journalist and and i'm really impressed with what they're doing here because it kind of takes some balls so here here's matt taibbi's thread from uh this was at 1 30 p.m uh pacific time so this earlier today and um, so this is a, like a follow-up to the initial Twitter files, which we'll, we'll also read through or at least skim through. So it says, Thread, Twitter Files Supplemental. On Friday, the first installment of the Twitter files was published here. Uh, we expected to publish more over the weekend. Many wondered why there was a delay. We can now tell you uh, part of the reason why. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy... Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons uh, vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge or without knowledge of new management. Um, <laughs> the the pro so he was fired and, and vetting so Elon fired this guy the general deputy general counsel so like they're they're second in line lawyer for all of twitter uh <coughs> he he was fired turns out he was also the head lawyer for the fbi uh before he was at twitter slight maybe a slight conflict of interest in this whole thing of uh, censorship uh, based on, you know, 
misinformation and disinformation. Um, and, uh, and that whole process being, uh, politicized anyways. Um, the reason among the reasons he was fired was for vet vetting the first batch of Twitter files without the knowledge of new management. So, uh, Elon Musk turned all these files over to Barry Wise and Matt Taibbi. And this Jim Baker guy went through them without, uh, the knowledge of Elon Musk, um, which is going to be kind of funny, um, slightly recurring theme uh, throughout this thing, uh, without knowledge of new management. Uh, the process for producing the Twitter files involved delivery to, delivery to two journalists, uh, Barry Weiss and me, this is Matt, Matt Taibbi's page still, uh, via a lawyer close to the new management. Uh, however, after the initial batch, things became complicated. Ah. <sighs> Over the weekend, we were both dealt. We both dealt with obstacles to new searches. It was Barry Weiss who discovered the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. And when she called to ask Jim's uh, last name, the answer came back: Jim Baker. <clears throat> my my jaw hit the floor. Says Weiss, the first batch of uh, of files uh, both reporters received was marked uh, Spectra Baker emails. Um, let's see. All right. Well, uh, uh, Baker is a controversial figure. He has been something of a zealig, Z-E-L-I-G, of FBI uh, controversies dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier to the alpha server mess. He resigned in 28 after an investigation into the, into leaks to the press. Um, I am not aware of what a Zelig is. So we're going to look that up right now. Um, 1983 American mockumentary film. Oh, okay, so this is a Woody Allen movie. I'm not real keen on... Well, I don't know anything about Woody Allen's uh, movies. I know a little bit about his personal life. Um, you know, a little bit of on the, the pedophile uh, persuasion, um, which seems to be a thing in uh, the Halls of Power. But anyway, moving on, well, th this will all tie in at some point. I'm sure. Um, so anyway, Baker is a controversial figure. Figure, blah 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 blah. He resigned in 2018 after an investigation into leaks to the press. This is a guy who was leaking shit to the press. Uh, the news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker Tuesday. Um, so this is uh, Lee Fang, who, as he said, investigative journalist, um, The Intercept. Okay, so another journalist, uh, which is, is kind of cool how they, they rolled it out, where rather than pub publishing it on a, on a news website, they he did it on, on Twitter in a thread, which is uh, it's not, not the worst idea ever. Execution-wise, wasn't great. But anyway, the cool part is, so this Lee Fang guy quote tweets uh, one of this, you know, the news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files. Um, 
He says Twitter's former top attorney, James Baker, was formerly an FBI attorney who passed on fake dirt from the Hillary campaign's operatives in 2016, alleging a secret online portal from Russia's Alpha Bank to Trump now attempted to shape the Twitter file. So this guy created a thread in response to Matt Taibbi's thread, in response to Matt Taibbi's original thread on the Twitter files. Yeah, this is kind of how, this is what I love about Twitter, because it's really easy to share shit. And it's far easier to to share shit, um, just straight out share it, like a retweet, or to quote tweet, whereas you share it with your commentary. Like, I don't know, this is why I've always loved Twitter. It's like, it, it's real easy. Um... It to to just share stuff and, and comment on stuff. So anyway, um, he also says the Hillary campaign campaign using secretly using text tech experts attempted to pass off this uh, fabricated evidence to a number of media outlets. We received the info and published a debunk of the Alpha Bank story. Nevertheless, tons of media ran with it, and um, yeah, that was released to the. Uh, to the the press by this James Baker fellow. So anyway, um, reporters resumed searches through Twitter files material. A lot of it today. The next installment of Twitter files will appear uh, through Barry Weiss. Stay tuned. So that was eight hours ago. I would assume um, tomorrow, at the earliest, you'll you'll have something else. But it's um. It's a wild, wild time. Uh, let me let me find the original thread, and then I I drank too much water while I was uh, while I'm researching this, and uh, yeah. So there there we are. I'm gonna I'm gonna go pee, and uh, because I can edit this later on the back end. You know, it's not going to be that big of a deal. So I'm going to mark this audio, and I'll be right back. Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup was like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics, with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh 
<clears throat> with Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. And that's, uh, that, that is true. Um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here. Um, but anyways, this is the, the podcast I use or the podcast, uh, host that I use. I like Spotify. They're, uh, they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh, with, uh, with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify. And, and this is uh, this is a great way to get started. If you, if you have ever thought about starting a podcast, this is where I would send anybody to go. Um, <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app, or you can go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. And yeah, if you've ever thought about, just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. And we're back. That feels delightful. Delightful. So, like I said before, we're gonna we're gonna start with this uh, this Twitter files deal, and uh, there there's a whole lot of Kanye bullshit going on. There's a few other things, and I'm gonna try to hold off on on most of it, um, but I'll play a video at the end um, of our our main segment, and then I'll expand upon it for for a bonus just for, for the Patreon listeners. So that's patreon.com slash burning daylight. Uh, if you'd like to sign up, uh, for the bonus content, live stream, all of that. <coughs> also head over to bubsnaturals.com. Um, check out their products. Um, I, I use collagen peptides, uh, two scoops of my coffee every morning. It's supposed to be the, the fountain of youth. Is that true? I don't fucking know, but uh, it seems like it does help with uh, my joints and stuff like that. Uh, ladies, it's supposed to help with your hair and your nails and your skin. Is that true? I don't fucking know, but that's what they tell me. Um, I also use their MCT powder, which uh, helps tremendously if you take a, like, particularly like a one-a-day vitamin. Uh, if you try to take that on an empty stomach, um, you'll probably throw up about 30 minutes later and if uh even if you eat something if you don't eat like a good lipid or some something that uh the, the vitamins will bind into uh you'll just piss it out or puke it out so <coughs> with this i put the, the collagen in my in my coffee and then a scoop of mct powder blend it all up uh and it's supposed to be really good for you tastes pretty good actually the, the mct powder which is just coconut oil they put it on um some powder it's like tapioca starch or some shit like that to powder it so anyway it all binds to that really easy to mix into your coffee that's what i how i would recommend it and uh yeah so also apple cider vinegar if you guys are a fan of that but don't or you know it's good for you but like not a fan of uh Drinking it, I can understand why. Um, 
They make gummy version of it. So those are awesome. Anyway, bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code Burning Daylight. It's B U R N I N D A L D A Y L I G H T. Um, all one word. You get 20% off, and I get a little commission from that. So, uh, great company. Uh, founded by the best friend of Glenn Bub Doherty. That's where the Bubs comes from. He was uh, one of the, <coughs> I can't remember which branch he was. I believe he was Navy SEAL, but um, turned uh, private contractor, CIA contractor. One of the guys that that died uh, at the CIA annex in uh, Benghazi, Libya. Um, pretty badass dude from what I understand. Uh, good company and their products are like I said, pretty good. Uh, I feel I feel a lot better. I've been using them for about three weeks now, and is it is it worth a shit? I don't know, um, but seems like it makes me feel better, at least in my head. And I know the money's going to people that I don't hate, so that's that's also a plus. So anyway, bubsnatural.com promo code burning daylight twenty percent off. Let's get in to the Twitter files, shall we? Let's go ahead and do it. All right, so Matt Taibbi. Um, <coughs> he, uh, so this was the second. That would be, yeah, Friday, Friday afternoon, I believe. Um, we got to go all the way up, and this is like a 30-something tweet thread um thread the twitter files what you are about to read is the first installment in the series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at twitter the twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms it's a frankensteinian tale of human built uh, of a human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. Twitter and its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communications, making, for, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. And it really, it really was. So, like, if you remember, <coughs> uh, like the early days of Facebook, and, and this is, isn't that sad when you say like the early days of Facebook, and you like that really dates yourself. Um, because I believe uh, I believe Facebook came about in two thousand four, which is you know eighteen years ago, real close to twenty years ago. That was when I was in college. I was a freshman and in college. And uh, we didn't know what the fuck it was, but we heard about it at uh, <coughs> at Harvard. And then it was like, started out only at Harvard. And then it was um, the rest of the Ivy League schools. And then it just like a big rollout across all of college campuses. And there for about three maybe four years <clears throat> if you were on if you were on facebook you were in college you were a college student somewhere 
Um, and that was, those were the only people on, on Facebook. I, I was, uh, I, I was probably one of the, the first people to, I, and I don't know, like CSU had 26,000, uh, 24, 25, somewhere, somewhere in that 20, like a lot of, a lot of students. So, I mean, it wasn't like, a Ohio state with, you know, 50, 60,000 students, but it was 25, 26,000, a pretty good size. And so I had been one of the, one of the first probably, um, just being somewhat always kind of a tech nerd. Um, not like, I'm not, not really a, like a real hardcore tech nerd, but I like technology has always kind of fascinated me. And, um, and I like, I like talking to people that I like to talk to or, or, you know, or having the chance to talk to people that I want to talk to, but, um, no. So like, I'm, I'm interested by social media. I think there's a lot of good use for it. A lot of bad stuff, um, as we're going to find out, but I've, I've always been interested. Like I was, Facebook was like, it was more like you would, uh, <coughs> well, it, when it rolled out, there wasn't really, I mean, it was three years, uh, into Facebook's beginning that, uh, before the iPhone ever came out. So that's when like being able to, to use Facebook on your phone, that didn't really exist before <clears throat> before the iPhone and then I guess uh, maybe one of those blueberry or uh, blackberry phones um, I, I had the touch screen one that was what you had uh, to settle for on Verizon before they they started carrying the iPhone uh, iPhone was only AT&T um, but anyway it, it was more like you would upload pictures from the weekend on like Monday, Tuesday, something like that. And, and then like Twitter came around and it became more of just like, um, it was just like one big chat room is what it felt like where you like, you weren't like, I don't know. It just seemed like somebody would, would tweet out something about like sports or, or like journalists would, would, uh, would tweet out their, uh, a link to their their latest article or something or whatever and then like conversations would would start from there somebody like you would either comment on it or you would um reply to it or you would and in, in the early days you would just retweet it so each each time you posted that was a tweet and and like i said the easiest way and you'll you'll see right here <coughs> is uh like you just retweet to share it and or you could you quote tweet it add a little context uh which you know it's it's just uh from from all of the the social media platforms that i've been on <coughs> like the Twitter has been like the easiest to, to share stuff and like get in on a conversation. Um, it's, it's just uh, for how, for whatever they, they did, right. They did that where you can just like jump into a conversation and you could be like, 
you know, having Snoop Dogg or somebody like retweet your stuff. Like Pat McAfee was uh was one of the like the Twitter warriors. Like that's how that is how he has built his entire empire is um is through being a punter in the NFL who was good on Twitter. Was was a funny guy with good work ethic and uh and a little bit of money from the from the well quite a bit of money but i mean let's face it, he was a punter he was one of the the lower paid uh members of that team so it's not like he made you know it's not like he made wide receiver money let alone quarter back money he he was a punter all pro but still a punter um but he figured out how to use uh his his following on twitter which he developed over time and was good at at the internet just being good at at making people laugh is kind of how it was and it's kind of how we started on, on this podcast is it was me and my cousin Robbie uh I, you know I made the podcast but we built the <clears throat> the Facebook page and like we were doing good and and our our idea was just like try to give credit to who originally made uh, a post, a meme, a video, whatever, give them credit. Um, but our, our deal was like there, we, we didn't want any blatant overt racism and, uh, we didn't want any, any like nudity and in, in the stuff. Like we want to be able to sell shit later on. And <clears throat> other than that, we just said, Hey, if it's funny, post it, you know, like if, if it's a racial joke that people might cringe at, but if it's, if it's funny, I don't care if it's funny there, we're, we're doing it as jokes. We're trying to make people laugh and we're trying to get other people to laugh. It was, you know, it was the height of the, uh, of, uh, people hating Trump, you know, like it was, uh, it was, it was like back in the good old days when Trump was kicking ass and, and, the and the Democrats were throwing everything at the wall, you know, to seeing what would stick and nothing was sticking yet. Um, so like we, yeah, uh, it, it was the good old days. It was still, it was still when you could, you could just share what it was. And if it, if it was good content, it would take off. And I remember, uh, well, anyway, <clears throat> it all it all start like like there's so many different stories of, of people building a like a big social media following just by putting stuff out there that they would try to make your buddies laugh and, and then you know they would share it around and then their buddies would would laugh and they'd share it around and then their buddies would laugh and that that just uh, that's how it was the the beauty of the internet and in particular places, you know, social media, but like in particular, Twitter was like the birthplace of kind of like the viral moment. It was like somebody would have a really good tweet about something or somebody would have a response to somebody's uh, like in particular sports. Some some shitty team would a would put out like a tough guy uh, graphic or, or meme or whatever. And then and. And then somebody would shit on it and like they would have like the perfect 
like just snarky comment and that would go viral or, and, you know, and then like they introduced videos and then they, they introduced the, the quote tweets where you didn't just have to like reply to it. You could, you could uh, retweet it, but also add your, add your comments to it. So anyway, <clears throat> we only made it three, three tweets into the thread before it went off on a, on a tangent. So it was, that's all right. It's all, it's all good content, baby. Uh, it's just all good because it all, it all leads to like some of my frustration on this deal because I feel like I've been jobbed, uh, for the past couple of years. Um, and, and not like I knew it was happening, but now like we, we kind of see how we're starting to see a very brief glimpse into what actually was going down. Uh, Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement, giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. As time progressed, however, the company slowly forced, uh, was slowly forced to add those barriers some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. <clears throat> so just, just like anything, um, once you, like a thing gets popular, somebody will find a way to make money out of it. And, and then there comes the people that'll try to make money by screwing other people uh, on the deal. So uh, slowly over time, uh, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well, first a little, then more often, then constantly. Um, and with that became more of like the algorithm-based uh, Twitter. And I remember, I remember when that happened. So it used to be it just the only thing you would see in your feed were people that you followed, nothing else. Um, so whatever people that you followed tweeted or retweeted, that was what you saw in your feed. Um, if you wanted to like, so say they retweeted somebody that you didn't follow, uh, and you didn't even know who this guy was. Well, you're like, well, they, they said something funny. So you could go to them and then you could see their, their whole, their whole feed and what they've been tweeting so you could follow them and that that would lead you to more and more people to you know that you might follow uh because of what they you know people that they retweeted or whatever and so it was a very organic way of <coughs> of uh but also it's a, like a very like echo chamberish type of of um concept because because the, the more stuff you like the more you would see not not so much stuff that you wanted to see, but well, like the people that you followed, maybe they would they they would retweet somebody that I don't know. It was just a it was a very organic way to um to do things in like the the chive dot com was was huge when I when I first I think I I first got a Twitter in two thousand ten maybe and and my feed was all like it was like the ch people that followed the chive. Uh, so, and then like the chivettes, all the hot chicks that, that, uh, that sent their, their scantily clad pictures into, to the chive. Um, 
know, you'd follow them, you'd follow, follow the other Chivers. And then there was like all the bands that I liked. And then like the Rockies, the Broncos, all, all my CSU football. And, <laughs> and they were all just different conversations based on whatever, like sports stayed in their lane every now and then you'd like have some crossover into politics or whatever. Um, Politics was not a whole lot of it, really, till Trump came to to the the forefront, and and around like 2015, Twitter was still pretty good. And I remember just like Twitter got real depressing after after Trump got elected elected. So I I had something like just shy of a thousand followers on uh, on Twitter, and like a lot of that was like I would. You know, you'd have these deals where, like, uh, hey, you know, some, you know, what, whatever community it was, whether it's like Broncos or or the Chive or or like Ag Twitter, you know, like Ag Twitter still like kind of going strong, but like people after 2016, when after after Trump got elected, like something broke in in the, <laughs> the whole like ether of the country. And, and like it was very obvious on Twitter, where like uh, people that were on the more on the left leaning side, uh, in particular, and I'm like not, not to not to excuse the right wing for for playing into that somewhat too, but like people just lost their mind, and and in particular the lefties started like that's that's when like you started losing friends over who you voted for. And that, <clears throat> that had never happened in my lifetime. Like, like even I came up during the Bush years, you know, that was really, you know, Bush too. Like George W. W. You know, very tumultuous times. Like a lot of, a lot of anti-war protests, um, you know, you had the whole, uh, Occupy Wall Street. Like my dad went and camped out, uh, when they did the Occupy movement there in Denver, uh, when he was, when he was still in the, in the state house of representatives. And yeah, it was, uh, like that, that was kind of the, maybe the, the beginning of, uh, of politics on Twitter maybe was like the Occupy stuff and. You know, and it, it's hard to say because I was like just I was in college and, and graduating college and not paying a whole lot of fuck of attention to anything except trying to find a job and trying to get laid, really. Um, <clears throat> like I, I was still uh, trying to trying to schmooze it over with uh, with my college roommate's uh, sister-in-law, like who had a. Uh, you know, I had a little had a little thing with uh, at well at my college roommate's wedding, and um, and then also like uh, one of the gals that I that I lived in the uh, you know was roommates with in college uh, never did uh, never did get laid on that one, but like it, not for the lack of trying, uh, <laughs> but that that was kind of where I was in those days, and uh, uh, I I really. I'd I'd seen kind of the worst of of local politics uh, helping my dad campaign and uh, people that he'd known his whole lifetime that knew he was a good man and and wanted the best for for uh, 
the district and in particular that you know you know his neighbors um they wouldn't vote for him because he had a a, a d beside his name he was a democrat in, in a republican district and you're just like man you can't you just can't see past that and you, you realize just like how tribal politics was and that 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 uh that really turned me off a lot and i got a little bit more involved during the tea party stuff and anyway like <clears throat> i never like i never really engaged in the politics um stuff on on twitter i did a little bit in on on facebook and a little bit more um but after a while i just like I, I was kind of a troll because I don't know. I like I, I I don't I don't deal with hypocrisy very well and I try not to be a hypocrite myself. I like I I really do and anyway, so it's like like you know another tangent here. We'll we'll continue cuz we got a a ways to go on this deal, but um so outsiders began uh, petitioning the company to manipulate speech at first as well, or manip manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more, then constantly. By 2020, a re uh, request from connected actors to delete, to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another. More to review from the Biden team. You know, here, here you go. This is an email, internal email. Uh, more to be uh, reviewed from the Biden team. The reply would come back handled, handled these. Um, and so, and they're all just different tweets uh, that somebody put up. Uh, celebrities and unknowns alike could be removed or reviewed at the behest of a political party. Um, this one here. Uh, uh, grab the first one under blah, blah, blah. Deferred to safeties on the high profile of the second one. Uh, so this first one is Stephen uh, Louis Lee Juan. Um, never heard of him. Probably nobody has ever heard of him. The other one is James Wood, who is a uh, Woods is a famous or was a famous actress uh, actor. I don't know when the last time he's been really kind of relevant outside of well, like he kind of made a a resurgence from um, Family Guy and then Twitter. But I don't, I don't know what else he's been in, in in quite some time. But anyway, it's still a celebrity. Um, both parties had access to these tools, for instance, in 2020. Requests from both the Trump White House and the Biden campaign were received and honored. However, uh, this is number 11 on this thread. The system wasn't balanced. It, based, it was based on contracts. Because Twitter is and uh, was and is overwhelmingly staffed by people of one political orientation. There were more channels, more ways to complain, <coughs> open to the left uh, or Democrats than to the right. And, um, I mean, it's not a huge surprise. It, it's a company based out of Silicon Valley, which is San Francisco, Bay Area, Berkeley, um, like the most progressive left-wing place, place uh, in I would say North America, but Canada, I think, I think they still got uh, California beat. But California is trying real hard to out lefty uh, Canada. But so anyway, 2018, we're looking down here, uh, 309,000 total 
contributions to uh, political candidates, um, 295,000 uh, to Democrats, to 11,000 to Republicans. Uh, 2020, almost a million dollars. Uh, nine hundred nine thousand to Democrats. Uh, fourteen thousand. So that's uh went from ninety six point three eight percent to Democrats to ninety eight point four seven to in twenty twenty two, hundred eighty five thousand. Uh, total one hundred sixty five thousand, one hundred sixty six thousand to Democrats and four hundred and fifty one dollars to Republicans. 99.73% to, to Democrats and 0. 0.27%. 0. 0.27. Um, so, I mean, it's pretty pretty stark contrast. Um, the resulting slant in content moderation decisions is visible in the documents you're about to read. However, it's also the assessment of multiple current and former high-level executives. <clears throat> okay, there was more throat clearing uh, about the process, but screw it, let's jump forward. The, the Twitter files, part one. How and why Twitter blocked the Hunter Biden laptop story. Uh, on October 14th, 2020, the October surprise, the New York Post published uh, Biden's secret emails and expose based on the contents of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop. And a little backstory. There was a fella in Delaware that owned a computer repair shop who worked on a <coughs> uh, MacBook, uh, so Apple laptop computer, uh, so allegedly uh, belonging to Hunter Biden, the you know the son of. Joseph Robinette Biden, you know, current president of the United States, then, uh, you know, Democratic candidate for president of the United States. <coughs> the, um, the laptop had been dropped off for repair and then never picked up, unable to get a hold of the guy again. Uh, some had uh, held on to it for like nine months, uh, long enough to, you know, uh, legally, technically become you know, a possession of the store owner, uh, in which case he, uh, went through the files, found out some really, really extraordinary shit and, uh, gave it to the FBI as well as, uh, I, apparently the New York post. Twitter took extraordinary steps to suppress the story, removing links and posting warnings that it may be unsafe. They even blocked its transmission via direct message, a tool hitherto, I like that, hitherto reserved for extreme cases, example being child uh, pornography, CP. Uh, you know, well, I don't worry about YouTube anymore. Um, you know, I've got something like 20, 25 followers on Rumble. And when I live streamed my... Uh, you know, like I did on, on YouTube the other day with Dan Given, I got 10 views on Rumble and 5 on YouTube, where YouTube, I have like a 1,000 followers or subscribers, and I've got 26 on Rumble. Anyway, it all, it all is relevant. 
Uh, so anyway, like this, they they even like you could not direct message somebody that that link. Uh, and and a lot of times either they would uh, just not allow it to happen or not allow it to happen and then block you or uh, suspend your account. You know, something of the sort. And <coughs> that was something they only used for people, you know, sharing kitty porn. Uh, and now this is from, <coughs> for whatever you think about the mainstream media, which you shouldn't think much. Um, as far as being mainstream, like the New York Post has at the time was the longest like running daily newspaper in the United States. So, like, they've been around. People know what they are, and they either trust them or they don't, but they at least know, kind of know what they're getting with with the New York Post. They're, they're like the, like the right, right-leaning version, the right-of-center version of, uh, of the New York Times, kind of. And, I mean, they're the, the print version of Fox News, essentially. <coughs> Uh, White House spokesman Kaylee McEnany, that was the, you know, the sexy little blonde girl that, that Trump had at the end there. Um, Kaylee McEnany, McEnany was locked out of her account for tweeting about the story, prompting a furious letter from Mike, uh, Trump campaign staffer Mike Hahn, um, who seethed at least pretend to care for the next 20 days. So, um, and I like how he... I, I do kind of enjoy this this format. I, I they, they could they could tweak it a little bit, but I don't I don't hate it. So he he adds his context, and then the problem with with Twitter is you you only have two hundred eighty characters total, um, so it's not not real conducive to long form. But these threads are pretty good, um, and so then he. he he attaches a screenshot from, so this is from uh, mhan at donaldtrump.com. So this is a staffer with uh, the Trump uh, campaign. <coughs> Sent to one, two, three different um, people at Twitter. Um, C. Strom, I don't know who that is. Uh, Lauren Deval and uh, the Twitter government and politics Uh Account. So Kaylee McEnany has been locked out of her account for simply talking about the New York Post story. All she did was cite the story and firsthand reporting that has been reported by other outlets and not disputed by the Biden campaign. I need an answer immediately on how, when and how she will be unlocked. I also don't um, appreciate how nobody on this team called me regarding the news that you'll be censoring news articles, like I said. At least pretend to care for the next 20 days. All right, so there's a, you know, kind of a, a lot there. And I wish we had, um, you know, something with a little more context uh, surrounding that. But also, after, you know, I read the, you know, the, the latest thread where they you know, they're showing how that this guy who used to be the top lawyer for the FBI um, was, you know, censoring the shit that's supposed to be out in the open. And so, like, ev even as they're trying to roll this out, <laughs> they're, they're getting undercut 
I mean, it's like the story of the Trump campaign. Like, uh, at every turn, they're getting they're getting un- undercut by their own fucking administration. So, um, yeah. So anyway, this this is when yeah, the White House press secretary, which like, should never get banned. Um, like nobody, I, I don't know, but particularly elected officials or public officials, you know, you know, uh, political appointees uh and and elected officials like that that seems like a direct violation of the first amendment to censor them like if they're the representatives of the people and the easiest way to see what they're saying is to go to twitter and and follow their their feed you know that that should be public record and never be stricken from it uh but anyway they yeah they suspended her for sharing this this deal which they said 50 something i think it was 50 intelligence officials including six former heads of the i, I believe is the cia uh, uh or, or at least there were the six former heads of intelligence agencies so like cia dia uh nsa Anyway, they, they said this is all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Um, this led public policy executives Carolyn Strom. So that was the C Strom there. Uh, Carolyn Strom to send out a polite what the fuck uh, query. Several employees noted there was tension between the, the comms and policy teams who had uh, little or less control over moderation and the safety and trust teams. Um, she. Uh, the email there says, hi, team. Are you able to k- take a closer look here? And this is in response to the Kaylee McEnany deal from, you know, the Trump campaign staffer. Like, Are you able to take a closer look here? Thank you. Um, Strom's note returned the answer that the laptop, laptop story had been removed for violation of the company's hacked materials policy. Uh, she said, uh, this is Elaine Ong Sato. Ong. I wonder what that, what, you know, ethnicity that is. Ong. Soto. Soto is, uh, is that Italian, Portuguese, Spanish? I don't know. Ong. That sound, sounds, <coughs> sounds East Asian of some sort. I don't know if that'd be Chinese or Korean. Are you Chinese or are you Japanese? This one could be a fiasco of spectacular proportions. Ah, I love, I, I love this this little deal. Shout out to the soundboard. Um, anyway, she says hi, Caroline. Thanks to uh, thanks for reaching out to us uh, for checking. The user was bounced by site integrity for violating our hacked materials policy. Adding them here for further insights and guidance. Uh, so hacked materials, which um, if we're if we're going from a legal standpoint, uh, it's uh, New York Times versus Sullivan is the Supreme Court ruling where they said uh, essentially, as long as the journalist did not help them or direct them, uh, the person to steal uh, the documents the the journalist or the 
you know, the media outlet that publishes, you know, leaked, hacked, uh, stolen material, as long as they didn't, they were not involved in the theft or directing the theft, they cannot be held liable uh, for simply reporting files that they came uh, across. Doesn't matter how they got them. It's like, uh, man, if you if you bought a stolen watch, they're, they're not, they can't, and you didn't know it was stolen, and uh, and you didn't help steal it. Like there's, you can't be you can't be charged for a crime there. Um, <coughs> um, although several sources recalled hearing about a, you know, quote general warning uh, from federal law enforcement that summer about possible foreign hacks. There's no evidence. I'll repeat this. There is no evidence that I've seen of any government involvement in the laptop story. In fact, that might have been the problem. So this is one of the big complaints people had because this initial thing, it wasn't a complete nothing burger, but if you've been following this shit, particularly like if you've had an account that has been uh, shut down, stifled, uh, if you've been you know, suspended, whatever, um, like you've known about this shit for a while. Like, you, you know, there was something weird going on. Uh, in particular, like my account, I, I don't know. I've said this, uh, ad nauseum, but it, like <coughs> when, when you put it in perspective, I, <sighs> right now my, my Facebook account, which I, like, I pay no attention to, um, like my business account. Mm, my from November eighth to the to yesterday, uh, I had twenty thousand people reach on on Facebook. Uh, the you know the burn the main burning daylight Facebook page twenty point nine so twenty thousand nine hundred about. Um, that that's been my reach over the last month. Uh, two years ago. Uh, <coughs> well, it was, it was almost, almost to the date two years ago, my ad campaign or my ad account was, was suspended. Uh, I had not posted a advertisement in two months and it was, you know, advertising a giveaway or a raffle or something that I was doing. I can't remember. Uh, I would, I would do more of those if I would, was able to promote it. Um, even a little bit on Facebook because that's where most of my my following, uh, you know, my followers use is Facebook. Like that, that's kind of the the cowboy platform. Like I, I, I'm not good at at posting, you know, the the video clip stuff. So like, I, I don't I don't like doing that. I'd rather tweet something or make a meme. You know, like, and, and Facebook's good for that, but like. There's a lot of, a lot of the cowboy world goes over to TikTok. There's there's some on on Instagram, um, but I I don't know. It's just <coughs> Facebook was kind of my bread and butter, uh, and 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 me and Robbie had a pretty good deal going. We had a few other people helping us out, uh, you know, throughout the whole deal. And and but for the most part, it was me and Robbie that built that that Facebook follow, following, and we're we're at twenty thousand followers we never never really lost any uh any followers on facebook we just like it came to a screeching halt and we just didn't we we raced in you know a couple 
I think it was right about a year, maybe. We hit 10,000 followers, and it was, like, it was slow, steady growth. Um, and then the Epstein shit came out. And, and we... <coughs> we... Uh, we shared some some video. I think it was Brad Erickson, if I remember right. Um, he he was uh, doing a horseshoeing video, and he picked up the horse's foot, and I can't remember if it was on the, the bottom of the foot or if it was on the ground. That you know, note that said Epstein didn't kill himself, and, and we reposted, and that thing had like eight million views uh, at at one at one point. Uh, we we picked up a lot of. A lot of followers from that but also it wasn't it wasn't i mean it was that video that got people to the page but once they got to the page we ever after that everything we posted uh did well like it was it was getting shared around the like the the podcast was getting shared around that like the least amount of it was the podcast but like the memes would get shared around and but i i noticed an uptick in my podcast numbers and uh, and then, like, right before the election, right around this, the, where this Hunter Biden deal, Biden deal so October 4th, uh, 14th, 2020, right in there, uh, they sent out some, some notice of, like, the change in policy, and I went, like, almost overnight from 6 million uh, people reach in a, in, a, in a monthly period, 6 million um, to... Within a, a period of like two weeks, I went down to a hundred thousand, and now two years removed from that, like where and where I've just I've stopped trying on Facebook. I don't I don't even like I'll I'll, I'll go to the to the bull session group, and that's a, that's about the only thing like I, I get more more traction there than I do on the main page where the the group's got about six thousand people and the page is twenty one almost twenty one thousand. And, like, nobody sees it. Nobody sees anything because it's just, like, it's just one one thing after another. And, and we've never never posted anything just egregious. We never posted uh, nudity. We've never, it's always been, I mean, maybe some off-color, some stuff you didn't like, but there, there's never really been a violation of uh, policy until they started making it pretty arbitrary. Uh, so anyway, um, so there's no evidence that he's seen. Well, now, I mean, that's leads to, to see how much did they uh, not see because of that Jim Baker fella. Um, in fact, that might have been the problem. This, the decision was made at the highest levels of the company, but without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey, who's the, one of the, the co-founders. With the former head of legal policy uh, and trust, Vijaya Gade, uh, she's in, I don't know if she's, uh, like, uh, she immigrated from India or if her, like, you know, she's first, second generation uh, Indian-American. Anyway, she's in Indian uh, descent, and she was, like, the, the general counsel or the, one of the, the, the main lawyers for, for uh twitter she was uh she was the gal that went on rogan with uh with jack dorsey and uh <coughs> when when he had tim pool on to ask uh kind of the hard questions um because 
initially he had Jack Dorsey on and and people gave Rogan a bunch of shit for for not asking hard enough questions and and I, and I get why he didn't, you know, he's not like he's not that that guy. He's not the you know, the debater. He just like to has have a have a conversation and and he's trying to he's trying to get the guy to open up whatever, you know, it just Anyway, anyway, so he didn't do the greatest of job. So he, being being the guy that he is, he invited him back, and uh, they must. I don't know whose decision it was to to bring the Vijaya Gade uh, lady on board, or if that was just like, uh, you're gonna have legal there with you, so you don't say anything that uh, we could get us in trouble, or whatever. But anyway, they had Tim Tim Pool, and it was a. Uh, it was an interesting uh, conversation. So uh, Vijaya Gade was playing a key role. Uh, they just freelanced it, is how one former employee characterized the decision. Hacking was the excuse, but within a few hours, pretty much everyone realized it wasn't going. That wasn't going to hold. But no one had the guts to reverse it. Uh, you can see the few confusion in the following lengthy exchange, which ends up uh, including. Uh, Vijaya Gade and former trust and safety chair Yoel Roth. This is a guy that he'll, uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more about him uh, in in the future. Uh, comms official Trenton Kennedy writes, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. Um, so Trenton Kennedy, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this unsafe. I think the best uh, the best explainability argument for this externally would be that we're waiting to understand if this story is the result of hacked materials. We'll face hard questions on this if we don't have some kind of solid reasoning for marking the link unsafe. And he's uh, he's sent it to that Yoel guy, our uh, Somers, I Plunkett, Crowsboro. I don't know, Katie. Uh, Crowsborough, Katie Roseboro. Uh, um, she asked, will we also mark similar stories as unsafe? And then she includes a link to a Fox News article. Um, you know, Hunter Biden emails Senate Homeland Security uh, Committee investigating hard drive laptop. So when, once the, you know, that's how the, the news cycle goes. As soon as somebody uh, tweets it out there or, you know, publishes it, then you know, the other news outlets have that go and then they do their own thing based on the reporting, the initial port, uh, reporting. Um, by this point, everybody knew this was fucked, said one uh, former employee, but the response was essentially to err on the side of continuing to err. Uh, Yoel Roth says uh, the policy basis is hacked materials, though as discussed, this is an, em is an emerging situation where the facts remain unclear. Given the severe risks here and the lessons of 2016, we're erring on the side of including a warning and preventing this content from being amplified. So, on the heels of 2016, we had the whole Russiagate deal, which in its uh, premise was that um, Essentially, Donald Trump was a puppet of the Russian government who used uh, 
Facebook ads and uh, social media misinformation to sway enough people to vote for Donald Trump. Um, and then, you know, that there went into a whole bunch of the left-wing conspiracy theories about how Donald Trump's been a, you know, Russian agent since the 80s. And, um, you know, and it was, it was a whole thing. You know, you remember it was like three fucking years of uh, Russia collusion stuff. I mean, literally like, was it wasn't it uh, in twenty nineteen when uh, the the Mueller report wrapped up? So from twenty sixteen to twenty nineteen, we we hear just no, nonstop Russia collusion, Russia collusion, and then once that came out as maybe not being true at all, then it like about face, and it was like the the Ukraine phone call, blah blah blah, and it was just one thing after another to get Donald Trump. And he hasn't helped himself at all, but like this was this was the reasoning was lessons of 2016, which supposedly they got duped by Russia uh, into swaying the election for Donald Trump. Uh, Vijaya Gadi says, "What is the warning that will come up?" Yoel Roth uh, says, "New." When you click the link, you'll see a generic unsafe URL message. Uh, references spam, malware, and violations of the uh, Twitter rules. It's not ideal, but it's the only thing we have. And then Ian Plunkett says, whatever we do in the comms, this will become a biased claim for Jack. Uh, Pre-hearing immediately, let's make it clear we're proactively but cautiously interpreting this, uh, interpreting this th through the lens of our hacked materials policy and not allowing the link with uh, a warning and significant reduction of spread. Um, so they're just figuring out how they're going to cover their ass on that one. And... Um, yeah. Uh, and, and oh, by the way, I guess that was, uh, you know, this was all in a privileged and confidential head heading on or subject on the on these emails. Um, former former VP of Global Comms Brandon Borman asked, "Can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy?" Um, and then, as you say, to Ian's point, can we truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, i.e., as part of our approach to addressing potentially hacked materials, we are limiting the visibility of related uh, stories on Twitter while our investigation is ongoing. Uh, dun, 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 dun. To which Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker, that's the guy that got fired, again seems to... Uh, yeah, again, uh, seems to, uh, to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. And uh, so privileged and con confidential, you know, you can see it right there. Uh, I support the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked. At this stage, however, it is reasonable for us to assume that they may have been, and caution, to, caution is warranted. There are some facts that indicate that the materials have been, uh, may have been hacked, while others are indicating that the computer was either abandoned or the owner, and or the owner consented to allow their repair shop to access it for at least some purposes. We simply need more information. 
the information they needed was a denial from uh, the Biden campaign, which they never did. They 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 denied the corruption stuff, but they never once denied the laptop. Um, uh, a, a fundamental problem with tech companies and content moderation. Many people in charge of speech uh, know or care little about speech and have been told uh, the basics by outsiders. To wit, in one humor ex humorous exchange on that day, or on day one, Democratic Congressman Ro Khanna reaches out to Vijaya Gade to gently suggest she hop on the phone to talk about the backlash uh, RE speech. So, uh, Backlash regarding the speech. Uh, Ro Khanna was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. And how many of those files did uh, the Jim Baker guy, um, you know, withhold? So Ro Khanna sent an email generating huge backlash on Hill regarding speech. Happy to chat uh, if you're up for it. Uh, best row. Um... Vijaya Gade quickly uh, replies, immediately diving into the weeds of Twitter policy, unaware that Kana is more worried about the Bill of Rights. So she says, hi, Congressman Kana. Thank you for reaching out, and we appreciate the heads up. We put out a clarifying thread of tweets earlier this evening to explain our policy around post the posting of private information and uh, linking directly to hacked materials. The press secretary's account was not permanently suspended. We re requested that she delete the tweet containing material that is in violation of our rules, and her account is restricted until she complies. And this is where, like, Twitter had the most Karen approach to their their whole, like, censor, censoring deal. Um, so in particular, like, um, the, say the burning daylight bull session group on, on Facebook, um, there for a while I was getting notifications like once, twice a day minimum of, uh, content that went, uh, you know, that was contrary to Facebook terms of service or what the fuck ever, um, and there was a lot of lot of posts in that group that got pulled down, and and I there was people asking me why, and why I I don't pull down anything. There has been I don't know if I've ever ever actually deleted any any posts. Uh, I've deleted people from the group if they annoyed me, or um, more importantly, if they reported shit, uh, immediately gone. I don't yeah fuck off. Um. So, like, I, I just, I don't, I don't delete stuff. I, I, I let, you know, if people like it, they like it. If not, they don't. And they'll, you can see that right there. So, I, I don't delete anything. But, uh, the way Twitter does it, they, they suspend you and they say, hey, this, you know, you know, th this tweet, I, well, I guess, like when when they just suspend you, if they ban you, then it's a whole different deal. I've never been banned off of Twitter, but I have been uh, suspended, and they're like, "Oh, you you can't 
um, you can't use your account until you delete this tweet because it goes against our terms of service. They don't say how, but they'll say it does. And and the one I got suspended for is I. Uh, it was considered harassment because I I tagged uh, Liz Cheney, but it was the the first January sixth committee hearing you know that was televised and and I said when does Liz Cheney you know at Liz Cheney show her tits and um, yeah so I had to delete that and this was all before Elon bought it so um, it's been a lot better since Elon ha- has been in charge I will say um, I get. I get more uh, reaction to stuff, so that that's that's a good thing. I think seems like a good thing. Um, we requested that she delete the tweet containing the material that is in violation of our rules, and her account is uh, restricted until she complies. Uh, yeah, it's very Karen method. You're like, nope, you you cannot you cannot get back out there until you apologize and you delete that tweet. She says, I'd, ha- I'd be happy to jump on the phone if helpful. My team in D.C. are copied on, uh, copied here and available to discuss. Um, Ro Khanna tries to reroute the conversation to the First Amendment, uh, mention of which is hardly or is generally hard to find in the in the files. And he says, um, uh, hope you're well, Vijaya, but this seems a violation of First Amendment principles. If there is a hack of classified information or other information that could expose a serious war crime and the New York Times was to publish it, I think the New York Times should have the right. A journalist should not be held accountable for the illegal actions of the source unless they actively aided in the hack. So to restrict the distribution of the material, uh, especially regarding a presidential candidate, seems not in the keeping of the principles of New York Times v. Sullivan. Uh, Then he says, I say this as a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. I wonder if he still thinks that. I'm sure he does because those Democrats, uh, yeah, when it comes to criticizing the party, yeah, they they only do it for a minute. AOC did it for a little bit, and then... uh, Oh, Nance put her big old titties down and said, not today. Um, so I'm a, he says, I say this is a total Biden partisan and convinced he didn't do anything wrong. But the story now has become more about censorship than relatively innocuous email, innocuous emails. And it's becoming a bigger and it's become a bigger deal than it uh, would have been. Is also now leading to serious efforts to curtail Section 230, many of which would have been a mistake. Uh, Section 230 is uh, uh, the, the part of the the law, code, regulations, whatever. I'm not sure exactly, um, but the Section 230 part is what distinguishes social media platforms as uh, not publishers so if they're not they're they're a they're a hosting platform essentially rather than 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 a a publisher so they're not able to be sued for say if uh, somebody you know shares kitty porn on their site they can't be held responsible uh you know criminally responsible for that um 
because they're they didn't put it out. They just allowed people on their platform to share stuff. Um, so I mean that there was yeah there was a huge talk about uh you know repealing section two thirty or whatever. But um, I I don't think the Republicans had a a, a good way of uh, going about that. Um because I don't think they understood the internet. That was pretty obvious when they called all these social media uh, CEOs uh, before Congress and, you know, did their whole dog and pony show and asked the, some of the stupidest questions I've ever heard. Um, anyway, he goes on to say, I believe Twitter itself should curtail what it recommends or puts in trending news. And your policy against QAnon groups is all good. It's a hard balance. So he's like, hey, a little censorship is okay. And, you know, really cracking down on the Trumpies. We like that. But it's a hard balance. And in the heat of, he says, but in the heat of a presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if uh, the New York Par Post is far right. Far right. Jesus Christ. Uh, like er everything's got to be, you know, you know, far left, far right. New York far right. No, they're like like I said they're Fox News in print version. Um it seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Um so you put aside the whole Biden partisan blah 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 and, or or not even put it aside, but keep Take that into consideration. He's saying, but in the heat of a presidential campaign, restricting dissemination of newspaper articles, even if the New York Post is far right, seems like it will invite more backlash than it will do good. Uh, please keep this communication between just us and Jack. No need to CC the, the team or forward to them. Just wanted to offer my two cents. So, I would say he was not, wouldn't say he was good, um, but at least there was one lefty that uh, that did try to say like, hey. Uh, so going back up here to the number thirty, he said Kana was the only Democratic official I could find in the files who expressed concern. So interesting. Uh, within a day, da, 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 is that? Yeah, within a day, head of public policy Lauren Culbertson receives a ghastly report slash letter from Carl Sabo S C S Z A B O Sazabo from the research firm NetChoice, which had already polled twelve members of Congress, nine Republicans and three Democrats from the House Judiciary Community to um, Rep Representative Judy Chu's office. Um, and he says, Lauren, yesterday Net Choices Chris uh, Marchese met informally with nine Republican and three Democratic House staffers to gather intel about Facebook and Twitter and the New York Post story. The staffers hail from the House Judiciary Community to Representative Judy Chu's office. Um, 
Net Choice lets Twitter know a bloodbath awaits uh, in upcoming Hill hearings with members saying it's a tipping point. And complaining tech has grown so big they can't even regulate themselves, so government may need to intervene. Um, he said, uh, high-level takeaway. This is from the email. Every Republican said this is a tipping point. It's just too much. And both Democrats and Republicans were angry. Um, so that, that was the first I heard of, I guess, of the Democrats being angry. But um, there we go. Um, so he says, Sazabo uh, reports to Twitter that some Hill figures are characterizing the last laptop as uh, Tech's excess Hollywood moment. And maybe it was, maybe it was because uh, the Access Hollywood moment was the whole grab him by the pussy thing uh, on Donald Trump. That was the October surprise, and it was it October? Uh, maybe it was before October. I don't remember. Um, been a while ago, but either way, didn't really work. Um, and kind of, kind of just like that. Um, when asked how bad the situation is, one staffer says it's text access Hollywood moment and it has no Hillary to hide behind. Others were more blunt, blunt, uh, tech is screwed and rightfully so. Turns out that wasn't the case, but, um, it was the access Hollywood moment where probably should have got a lot more people fired up about it than it did, but. At the end of the day, not that many people were worried about it. Um, and then, so he says, uh, Twitter files continued. The First Amendment isn't as absolute. Sazabo's letter contains chilling passages relaying Democratic lawmakers' attitudes. They want more moderation. And as far and as for the Bill of Rights, it's not absolute. Um. So he says the Democrats, um, were, oh yeah, this was Sabo, Sazabo. Uh, the Democrats, meanwhile, complain that the companies are inept. They let conservatives muddy the water and make the Biden campaign look corrupt, even though Biden is innocent. They link this to Hillary Clinton's email scandal. She did nothing wrong, but because the press wouldn't let the story go, it became a scandal far out of proportion. In their mind, social media is doing the same thing. It doesn't moderate uh, enough harmful content. So when it does, like it did yesterday, it becomes a story. Also, <laughs> if companies moderated more, conservatives wouldn't even think to use social media for disinformation, misinformation, or otherwise. If we just censored more, conservatives wouldn't even try. Uh, the Democrats were in agreement. Social media needs to moderate more because they're corrupting democracy and making all the truth quotes and truth uh, relative. When pushed on how the government might insist on that, consistent with the First Amendment, they demurred. The First Amendment isn't absolute. So essentially what they're saying is like, ah, do we have that authority? That matter, we're going to try anyways. Um, 
He says, uh, an amazing subplot of the Twitter Hunter Biden laptop affair was how much uh, was done without the knowledge of CEO Jack Dorsey and how long it took for the situation to get unfucked, as one employee or one ex-employee put it, even after Dorsey jumped in. Uh, <laughs> there are multiple instance, instances. I know, it's just shit's... It's boring, but it's it is um, it's it's important. There are multiple instances on the in the files of Dorsey intervening to question suspensions and other moderation actions for accounts across the political spectrum. The problem with the hacked materials ruling, several sources said, was that this normally required an official slash law enforcement finding of a hack. But such a finding never appears throughout what one executive describes as a whirlwind 24-hour company-wide mess. Uh, so this is some Twitter executive says, Hi, Owls. Uh, as you uh, probably are aware, Twitter sanctioned tweets yesterday replying, uh, relating to two New York Post articles that were tweeted out that allegedly included pictures and screenshots of emails from a laptop that allegedly belonged to Hunter Biden, president candidate, a presidential candidate Joe Biden's son. Our teams made the determination that the materials fall under our hacked materials policy, in addition to sharing personal information, so links were actioned. As you may know, this existing policy framework was launched in 2018 to mitigate real-time harm based on hack and leak scenarios coming out of the 2016 election that hack and leak scenario was wikileaks uh releasing a bunch of dnc emails that were not hacked somebody john podesta if i remember right is the the guy's name his uh password to his email account was password and so like is it hacked if you just like Ah, uh, this old fuck surely didn't put password as his password. And oh, fuck around. Yes, he did. Um, and either way, the person that that uh, that got them was supposedly Russian. Um, and WikiLeaks pu uh, published them because they're a, a journalistic out outlet. Um, so anyway, they put the the hack hacked policy in after that. Uh, several high-profile accounts, including press outfits, outfits, were impacted by this decision and were actioned. Unfortunately, the language was that was provided in the product may have created confusion, and indicating that the links were spam or unsafe. Consequently, Twitter Safety explained the reasoning here in a thread. This morning, the New York Post tweeted additional links to stories that contained pictures and screenshots of emails that were also action that we also actioned. Um, the teams determined that a Trump campaign tweet that previously was actioned for containing uh, PPI, I don't know what that stands for, would not be reaction when it was uh, retweeted without the PPI blurred. Um, I know that there are questions that you probably have and are uh, also probably getting a lot of incoming from stakeholders, uh, government, acad uh, governmental, academic, civil society, etc. The last 24 hours has certainly been a whirlwind with a lot of curves and unknowns, and we fully expect the issues surrounding this matter will continue to swirl in the coming days. So thank you, everyone, for your patience.
And I think... Uh, yeah, and then he says it's been a whirlwind 96 hours for me too. There is much more to come, including answers to questions about issues like shadow banning, boosting follower accounts, uh, the fate of various individual accounts, and more. These issues are not limited to the political right. Um, so... <sighs> it'll be really interesting because when when I first read this thing, like it it was like I said before, it's like well, yeah, I knew that. Um, Twitter wasn't the big the big one for me, but Facebook's. But Zuckerberg's are already been on on Rogan and said that like, hey, the FBI came to me and said there might be something uh, coming from Russia gonna look bad for some people in the election so just be ready there's some russian shit coming down the pipe and, and these are a bunch of fucking nerds they're like okay yes sir and uh and so then they take it upon themselves to just kind of like oh can we can we confirm this and even though the biden campaign was not denying it they're like that's not good enough which is you know it's not a bad thing to have journalistic integrity if you exercise it consistently and, you know, in a principled manner, which they obviously did not. Um, but I, I'm really interested to see what else comes out of this, particularly because of all the shit that got suppressed by this Jim Baker guy. Um, so, like, when, when they show us what that guy was hiding, um, are we going to be... <laughs> Is it going to be a smoking gun? Nah, I don't know. Probably not. I wouldn't. I'd be surprised if it is. But um, it is. I don't think it's any coincidence that uh, all these legacy mainstream corporate media, you know, so your, your MSNBCs, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC, um, they've all... I think all of them anyways have at least acknowledged that hey this Hunter Biden laptop deal is fucking real um seems like a lot of shit that actually uh you know the old Bidens are being accused of uh seems like there's proof of that now um I I had heard that James Wood um which if it's true it's fucking I mean it's like glorious glorious double entendre dick joke which um by the way is brought to you by the dick joke of the week is brought to you by the the big swinging richard uh tier on on patreon that'd be uh pavo hapala and dan given uh both both the big swinging richard so anyway yeah it was um <sighs> Yeah, I don't remember where my dick joke was going, but there you go, Dan and, and, and Pavo, you got one. Um, it's, I, I don't know, I just, it'll be interesting to see what all comes out of it. I, knowing 
knowing this uh, Taibi guy, and I, I've read quite a bit of his stuff, and I, I think he does pretty good stuff. Um, we're gonna find a lot of stuff. Barry Wise, I don't know if I got much much uh, trust in her. Uh, maybe we'll see. Uh, but it seems like maybe this this should not be a story for either one of them to fuck up and. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Um, I bet you there will be some stuff regarding uh, not just the Hunter Biden, but just the election in general. Uh, COVID. COVID is going to be a huge one. Um, you know, they're more and more. They're like, hey, uh, <laughs> it looks like this maybe came from a lab. <laughs> oh, yeah. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I, I remember when my, my videos got suppressed and didn't, didn't get shown into to anybody. And then on YouTube, I got strikes for saying like, Hey, maybe there's uh this new study shows out that like, Hey, maybe this, uh, actually did come from a lab even though you were told you were a racist and a and a conspiracy theorist and probably a white nationalist if you believed that this thing could have escaped from a giant you know fucking bio laboratory bio laboratory in uh Wuhan China that just happened to be researching bat coronaviruses. And if you suggested like, hey, maybe, maybe they let it out of there on accident. Nope, you're a fucking racist. Fucking racist, all right? And you should be banned off of social media. And that is my view towards all of you people. All of you people who listen to this nonsense. You're a bunch of racists and you should be banned from polite society that's my thoughts and if you want to hear some more on 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 racism well go ahead and sign up at patreon.com slash burning daylight and now uh, you can listen to this little rant but i'm gonna go pee and then we're gonna we're gonna briefly cover the whole kanye shit so stay tuned for that it's gonna be And, uh, anyway, move your ass. We're burning daylight. We at war. We at war with terrorism. Racism. But most of all, we at war with ourselves. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. Midwest is young and restless, but restless Nigga. might snatch your necklace and next these might jack your Lexus. Somebody tell these who Kanye West is. I walk through the valley of the shower, death is top floor. If you alone, I leave you breathless. <gasps> Try to catch it, it's kind of hard getting choked by the Texas. Yeah, yeah, and I check the method. They be asking us questions, harassing, arresting, saying we eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast, huh? Y'all eat pieces of shit. What
What's the basis? We ain't going nowhere but got suits and cases A trunk full of coke, rental car from Avis My mama used to say only Jesus could save us Well mama, I know I act a fool But I'll be gone to November, I got packs to move I hope God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now And I don't think there's nothing I could do now to right my wrongs I want to talk to God but I'm afraid cause we ain't spoken so long God show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down That my feet don't fail me now And I don't think there's nothing I can do now To right my wrongs I wanna talk to God But I'm afraid cause we ain't spoken so long To the hustlers, killers, murderers, drug dealers, even the scrippers. To the victims of welfare, feel we living in hell here. Hell yeah. Now hear he, hear he, wanna see thee more clearly. I know he hear me when my feet get weary. Cause we're the almost nearly extinct. We rappers as role models, we rap, we don't think. I ain't here to argue about his facial features. Or here to convert atheists into believers. I'm just trying to say the way school need teachers. The way Kathleen needed Regis, that's the way I need Jesus. So here go my single dog, radio needs this. They said you can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means guns, sex, lies, videotape. But if I talk about God, my record won't get played, huh? Well, if this take away from my spins, which it probably take away from my ends, then I hope it take away from my sins and bring the day that I'm dreaming about. Next time I'm in the club, everybody's screaming out. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now.